Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. RJ, we are officially into the month of August. We're actually a decent way into August now, by the time we're getting around to this, um, which means we are in way too early territory, which is what we do in the month of August because just nothing happens in the NHL world during the month of August. Everybody's off at all of their cabins and lake houses and everything like that. And RJ, you and I are still here. Uh, but but while well, you're at your parents' house, so there you go. You did something. Yeah, uh, it's a vacation of sorts. It is, it is. Uh, so... What we like to do during the month of August is what we call way too early, where we start guessing things for the upcoming season or even beyond. Uh, and this first one is go- was a very popular one from last offseason. That is, of course, us doing over-unders for the upcoming Seattle Kraken season. Uh, so each of us have compiled a list of over-unders. We're going to be going through that. We're going to announce a very special way that the community can get involved with that as well. And we'll also be going over to see who did better last year uh, now that the season has concluded and we know uh, who did better. But first, RJ... We have to wish somebody happy birthday, but even even before that, we have news from our wonderful sponsor, Queen Anne Beer Hall, who sponsors all of these podcasts. Uh, RJ, why don't you fill in the people on what Queen Anne Beer Hall has going on this lovely month of August? Right, so lots of great events at the Beer Hall this month, uh, but the one I want to tell you about is the Crab Month special event, All You Can Eat Crab. August 20th uh, this month. So tickets are on all their social media. It's on our Instagram story too. Just re-upped it. They made sure to tag us in it too. They want everyone to know. Uh, It is all you can eat crab on August 20th, 6 to 10 p.m. That is a four hour window to eat all the crab that you can eat uh, and and have a good time with that. So if crab is your thing, Queen Anne Beer Hall is the place to be August 20th. All right, there we go. Good stuff there. Uh, RJ, Care to guess whose birthday it is today? Ah, This is too easy. There we go. No, I just love that. What does that have to do with the Kraken? I love that. I love that face. Well, everything, RJ, because the hockey world revolves around Sidney Crosby until he retires. That's like the, the, that's what Gary Bettman said in 2005, right? It still holds. Uh, Anyway, happy birthday, Sid. Enjoy your new teammate and Eric Carlson. It means Eric Carlson's out of the division, RJ. So now we get to spend half an hour talking about what that means for the Kraken, right? Uh, Not here, not now, please. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. We've got the over-under stuff to get to. Uh, Real quick, though, we do have a news and notes about the Seattle Kraken. There was a bit of information. Uh, They kind of did the deep dive curse on us last week, announced it right right after, the day after. Um, But RJ... We've got news, and it's about the Winter Classic. Yes, we do. Deep Dive Curse in full effect. It was literally the day after, as these things tend to happen. But the Seattle Kraken's Winter Classic logo was leaked the other day by none other than friend of the pod, uh, Ken Bolke from Sinbin.Vegas. So great sleuthing work there, Ken, uh, to to uh, leak the Kraken and the Golden Knights logos for the upcoming Winter Classic game uh, that'll happen this season in January. And uh, let's see, can we throw a picture on the YouTube version of this? Yeah, of course. All right. So we will do that. If you're listening on the audio version, go to our social media, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere. It will be there uh, and you'll see the picture of it. Go look for yourself. So it was uh, revealed from a hat, actually. So the logo is on a hat. 
and you've got some of the the text along the side of the hat. So we don't know what the jersey is going to look like. We don't know what it's going to look like on the jersey, but we have the logo. And so it is a red Seattle Kraken S, the one you'll recognize from the front of the regular jerseys, but it's all red on the inside and then outlined with that kind of cream color that you'll see on various vintage jerseys. A lot of times you'll see it in the Winter Classic. And then it has the letters Kraken kind of scrolling along the S a little bit, you know, uh, reminiscent of the way that the Seattle, you know, is on the Metropolitan's S. So Dylan, uh, what do you think of this logo? And then uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of the subtext behind it and why they ch- may have chosen this rather than a straight up Metropolitan's logo. I was going to say, first off, just for everybody, no, we, the, the leak pictures that we do have are like in like, I don't know, 120p like it's very Just low about. res but it, it's enough to give us the idea i actually really like this and let's start off in the first the first place rj it's a heck of a lot better than vegas's just saying oh yes for sure <laughs> if you look at the vegas one I, I don't know exactly what they're going with i mean maybe it's fitting for them it kind of looks like the v is flipping the double birds it totally does <laughs> that's that's how i took it especially after their stanley cup win uh that seems very fitting for that organization so i guess it, it works for them but i'm not a fan and then the vegas show writing on the side i don't know this kraken one is fantastic though um look i like the red a lot i i like that they're incorporating that a little bit more that's something i've talked about in the past i want to see more of that from the Kraken. It is one of your official colors. You know, use it. It's okay. It's okay. We like the red. It's it's fun. Um, I really like the way that they keep on the side of the hat the Kraken writing all like it's done from the S, so it looks like a tentacle kind of coming up off the side of the hat. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, I think the winter logo uh, patch on the other side of the hat is way too big, but that's that's besides the point is but the bottom line is i like the logo i like this direction for them look we all wanted it to be kind of metropolitans inspired but we know the difficulties in just straight up doing the metropolitans as far as trademarks copyrights all that kind of stuff is is concerned um this feels close enough for me rj yeah i agree with that it's close enough basically it's far enough away to be legally distinct, but close enough that you know exactly what they're going with. And I think that had to be the strategy here, given that they don't own the rights to the Metropolitan's logo, you know, as it was. So um, you go with this Kraken logo that is still very much their logo. You can prove that you own it. Um, Just have it that red color and you can have the Kraken going through it and and you should have no legal issues. But everyone knows what it's a nod to. And we'll Mm -hmm. see too with the jerseys, because again, they there's no adverse ownership for any kind of striping or you can, you can probably make like a, a barber pole type design. We'll see though. Cause this hat is uh, the ice blue and then the darker blue mm-hmm. that the Kraken have. So because the hat is this color, is that maybe a hint that the jerseys will be more traditional Kraken colors and then that logo will be on it. It'll be interesting to see how those colors all kind of work together. Do you think they do a, a barber pole Jersey with the Kraken colors, the dark blue and the light blue? I would like to see that. And maybe also like that cream color that's on the outside of the logo. I think that would look really nice. Yeah, I think that would look nice as well. So uh, really intriguing stuff. I can't wait for it. But look, I mean, when we talked about stuff that we wanted to see for the Winter Classic back when it was announced that Seattle would be hosting it, right? The, The number one thing that we really wanted was the nod to the history and to share the history of the Metropolitans, of Seattle being the first U.S city to win a stanley cup all that kind of stuff to share that with um hockey fans from around the league and and this our first glimpse seems to be pointing towards that so again i'm all all good with it (laughs) 
Yep, I'm excited. It's less than five months away now. Still feels like a Battle. long time. But uh, can't wait to cover it. Can't wait to cover it with you, because I believe you've already yes. bought the plane tickets to go up there for it. So, plane tickets uh, are booked. Gonna... Awesome. So looking forward to having you up there for that. We're going to get to cover that together, and uh, I'm sure it'll go by in no time. The time will fly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I will too. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I couldn't help Perfect. it. I couldn't help it. It was there. Um, all right. So now let's transition over into way too early territory. RJ talking over unders. Let's go ahead and review the over unders that we had last year. And um, so when we did this last year, RJ, we went through, we each, we each picked um, 10 over-unders each, five for the team, five for individual players. Uh, and we went through this. You have the results of all of that. One of the things we did, though, was we also threw together a Google form to get the community involved. May have overlooked putting some uh, a question on the Google form to have people put in their name uh, because when we went to pull up the results from that Google form from last year, they're all anonymous. We have no yep, ability. Just timestamps. Yes, we have no ability to match them to anybody. So please accept our apology on that one, everyone. That was uh, wasn't something we we knew we needed to do. We were very new to to that whole idea and everything. We still are. Um, but uh, so so we have how the community as a whole did. Yes. And so we will go through that. We'll we had 20 responses. So we have these nice pie charts, courtesy of Google here, that shows yes. how everybody responded. Uh, but yes, unfortunately, we don't have any individual data, but we will ha include that on the Google form for this time. So yes. everyone make sure to fill that out. You can put your name on it, whatever you'd like to be called. Uh, and we will have the results next year when we see what everyone did. I exactly. So, um, all right, RG, why don't, you, why don't you quickly go through, let's run down uh, what we did last year. And then we'll we'll get going on the over-unders for this upcoming season. All right, let's do it. So real quick, we had 10 each. So there were 20 total uh, questions, 20 total over-unders that we did. I did 10, Dylan did 10. So basically we picked out 10 for each other. Yes. So out of 10, Dylan, mm -hmm. uh, I got five right. So, you know, kind of right in the middle of the pack Seems there. Seems average. You know average right if i you know guessed randomly i suppose then i you know that's probably about how i would do but you on the other hand dylan yeah you got eight out of ten right yeah well done yeah i was gonna say i mean it, it shows which one of us is more familiar with gambling <laughs> that is true that, that no question about that um yeah maybe that's what it is it's the gambling practice um or maybe that you know you were good at setting your lines too yeah. for mine you made it really difficult i mean the fact that i got five out of ten right shows that you probably set the line just <laughs> pretty about good right. yeah well that's always something I've, I've tried to do well like i always had that game like growing up that was something i always liked doing um but yeah i it was it was, it was i just remember it being a lot of fun last year so i'm, I'm looking forward to this Yes, and it certainly will be. So let's go over real quick last year what the answers were and kind of how we each did individually and what the community thought. So we'll try and do this fairly quickly since there's 20 of them. But, um, and it'll give us an example of kind of how this works too yes. for this year so everyone yeah. can understand. So basically what happens with the over-under is you'll have a number. So here, let's do this as an example. Total number of fights uh, for the season. And that's 29 and a half last year. So Dylan set that one. I took the under, I thought it would be less than 29 and a half fights. The Kraken were involved in last year. And I was correct. It was 23. Yep. 
So only 23 fights the Kraken were in, um, and I'm trying to find, here we go. So on the Google form, uh, a lot of people agreed with me. 70% of you said, uh, the, took the under on the fights and were correct. So let's uh, go here. We had under over under two and a half goalies to start five or more games. Uh, most people, 85% took the over on that. Really? Uh, it was actually the under. Yeah. Because Joey Decord only started four games, and of course you have Jones and Grubauer do the rest. Um, so I, I, Dylan, you took the over on that as well. You were wrong, um, and I probably would have taken the over too. So uh, <laughs> that one definitely caught us off guard here. Um, over under six and a half for the Athletic Reverse Retro Jersey ranking. So I maybe set this one a little bit high. <laughs> I thought they were gonna, you know, rank really high in the Reverse Retros. Uh, they didn't rank well in the Athletic or on the ice uh, with, <laughs> no. without getting a win there. Um, but seventy percent of you had the lower ranking, uh, and that's correct. What it was, it was twenty fifth actually uh, in the Jersey rankings for the Reverse Retros. So which uh, was... that did not do as well as I thought. I was just gonna say, and that is way too low their ranking like when we looked at all of them we did that over on red glare the patreon pod and that was 25 is ridiculously low but i agree with the sentiment of you know safe money would be to take the under on that or the right i i, I yeah. yeah six and a half i probably yeah. set that too high um so next is highest single game goal total and this is the one where i think we we all collectively got it the most yeah. wrong so i set the over under at seven and a half which means to take the over you'd have to bet on the kraken getting eight goals in one game at some point this season uh well they did that six times <laughs> They had five games of eight goals. And then, as you remember very well, Dylan, they had yeah, one game where they scored nine goals in Los Angeles. 75% uh, of the community set, took the under on that one. I think we were all pretty wrong. Yeah. But we're I, happy to be wrong. Definitely. That's one we're very happy to be wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, next just, one. Was, uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, it shows the mindset we were all in coming off of that first season. <laughs> and I that do love really seeing this year does. to year. Because, look, none of us saw this kind of season coming, right? The Kraken getting within a game of the conference final. So it'll be, it's interesting to see kind of how surprised we were by some of these things uh -huh. um, and the mindset we were in, as you mentioned. Uh, so the next one's kind of interesting. Over under five and a half inches as the greatest height differential of any fight involving a Kraken player. Uh, and uh, I think I had mentioned before that like it was Alexiak and Delorier. Yeah, uh, which was a six inch difference. But I'm like, well, you know, what's what are the odds that they can replicate that? Um, so you you took the over, though. You thought that that there would be a greater differential. Uh, Sixty five percent of the community took the over. So they agreed with you. And you know what? They were right because Delorier and Alexia <laughs> fought again. again. Yep. <laughs> it's it's only because for year one, I was there for that fight. And I've had a feeling if they matched up again, they'd go for round two. And I and I. I got it. But also, sneakily, right? Yanni Gord gets into a lot of scraps. It's totally possible he would have gotten into one with, you know, someone who was like 6'3 or something. Yeah. And you did mention that on the episode last year as well. So uh, it could have happened both ways. It turns out it was Alexiak also fighting with Liam O'Brien, same height as Delorier. So he did it twice. So yeah. you hit the over twice. Good job. Um, next is 33 and a half over under 33 and a half players to play in a regular season game for the Kraken. So it was a lot of players in their inaugural season. I think it was yes. like 37, 38, but you had COVID, you had, you know, a lot of roster turnover. We figured it would be less. So I set the numbers at less than that, but uh, we didn't really predict just how healthy they'd be. So you took the under. Uh -huh. So very good. You took the under the actual number was 29, only ah. 29 players and that's skaters and goalies. 
for the Kraken this past season. And I mean, that's that's really impressive and, and probably a reason for their success. The community, 55% uh, of them took the under, so they were also correct. Uh, you know, maybe maybe influenced by you, Dylan. You were, you were a pretty strong believer in the under there. Yeah, I mean, because you're saying, uh, what, 11 players would have to be added to the roster at some point? Or 11 different players added to the roster yeah. over the course of the year? It just it feels like a lot. Yeah, and if you don't have a deadline with a whole trade deadline with you know a lot of players going out, a lot of players coming yeah. in, we we just thought maybe they'd be sellers at the deadline, but yeah, uh, we they did. sure weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, and this might be my favorite, uh, just in the concept of it, but over under sixteen and a half for the jersey number of the Kraken's leading goal scorer. Now, you know, it seems obvious knowing who that was this season with Jared McCann having a 40-goal year, but yeah. it was less certain, I think. He, he was the leading goal scorer in their inaugural season, but, mm -hmm. I, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't know for sure. And also, I misremembered. I thought his jersey number was 16 still when we did the episode. He had changed it to 19. Uh, so 70% of the community taking the over, uh, as did you. And, of course, it was Jared McCann. Jersey number, 19, not 16. Uh, so you all hit the over there. Maybe a little bit of error on my part. <laughs> Again, though, that one was just, you know, you're playing the odds, right? Mostly defensemen under that number. They're probably not going to do it. If they are, you're assuming something really dramatic has happened. <laughs> yep no definitely so i mean certainly with where the number is set um and and i will be doing that again this year because i just Ooh. love that question so much so we can see where the number is it will be in a different spot it will not be 16 okay. and a half again <laughs> um all right so over under 0 0.5 martin jones shutouts <laughs> so you can tell where my head was at because i yeah. set that one uh, and 70% of the community and you, Dylan, all took the over and, uh, you hit that pretty easily. Martin Jones with three shutouts, uh, and a fantastic season for the Kraken. So, uh, Martin Jones make leaving no doubt on that one. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. He was on fire back through like January. It's been a while. Easy to forget, but he, he came yeah, up. He still hasn't signed with another team. I'm interested <laughs> to see where he ends up after this off season but uh, i think he definitely deserves a shot as a backup somewhere i mean he had some great flashes there and to the tune of three shutouts mm -hmm. definitely all right all right next and this one i really set the line wrong although the community went 60 40 on this but over under 22 minutes adam larson average ice time so i knew i should have known you were going to smash the over on this one here yes. uh and the community did too to an extent the real answer, 23.38 he averaged. So not even close. Way, way over. Even if I had said it at 23, that would have felt high back then. But yeah. uh, Adam Larson, an absolute beast on the blue line. I mean, do we need to say more? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've All said right. more than enough, I think, already. Yes, you sure have. Um, so this one, this was probably the most lopsided community response on the over-under. And it's another one I said, of course. So over under October 22nd, so it was a date, so sooner or later, for Maddie Benier's first multi-point game. Yeah. So I had said it, I think, five or six games into the season. Yeah. I thought that was reasonable. <laughs> uh, apparently, you and the community disagreed. 90% uh, went with earlier than October 22nd. Uh, and you know what? He did it in the season opener <laughs> against the Anaheim Ducks. Took them all of one game. Uh, so... 
you had faith in Matty Beneers. It paid off. I mean, it always does. Yeah, no, it, he's just a fantastic player. I mean, I remember us us thinking about that, and you know, would he would he start off maybe a little slow, get his feet wet? We were really looking at that early season schedule. Bottom line is, he established very early on that he is for real, and and he is that guy. Oh yeah, for sure. There was there was no question on his way to a Calder Trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, over under this one's sad, uh, fifteen and a half. Colin goalie kisses. No. Now I thought this was fun, and I still do think it's fun because Colin's still there, right? Yeah. Because it's a two-parter, right? It's how many games is Cole into the lineup, and how many of those are wins? Yes. And we thought we'd see a lot more of Colin. Uh, and the community, to an extent, agreed. 35% of them took the over. So that's 65% of them took the under. I don't think they necessarily imagined, even if you took the under, uh, that it would be zero. The real answer was zero. Cole Lind uh, did not play a game for the Kraken last season. And the reason you took the under, I went back and watched the video. You said that you thought Lind would be a waiver casualty, that he would be claimed off waivers, and so we wouldn't get the goalie kisses that way. Made it through waivers, but just never played a game for the Kraken. Yeah, and it's, it is a tough one, because I, th- I remember really, really enjoying that one. Uh, I thought it was really a lot of fun. We kind of did fun ones for our last ones each. Yep. And I thought that one was really, really good. But uh, yeah, just unfortunate. I mean, again, it was the price of everybody being healthy and then the Kraken not being sellers at the deadline either because that would have been a time for the and you know some guys like him to be called up. But uh, season, season went better than any of us thought it would. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's hope for this season. There definitely Still is. Hope. Yep. All right, so next, over under two and a half hat tricks for the team. And knowing how much they scored, you would think the over had a really good chance here. Uh, And uh, people agreed 60% of the community took the over on that one. Um, I took the over on that one, but I was wrong. Only one hat trick, and it was Jared McCann in Chicago. The scoring was just so spread out this season. uh, Yeah, only the one hat trick. Yeah, team team has issues with it. I don't know what to say. Uh, but uh, you know what? That one's coming back for for this year's over under. Yeah, that'll be a good one to look at again. Uh, and another one that might be coming back. Uh, this one over under seven and a half shorthanded goals for the Kraken. Now we were really excited about the penalty kill. Uh, and, you know, the potential for them to get better. I mean, we'd seen flashes, too, with uh, Gord and Blackwell. And, you know, we had a lot of good penalty killers and and adding guys like maybe a Matty Beneers to the PK. Uh, and so you thought maybe they could be dangerous on the power kill. Um, seven and a half shorthanded goals is the line. I did take the under. So I, I was a little bit mm-hmm. pessimistic on that. Uh, the community disagreed with me. 55% took the over. So 55, 45. And I was right, though. Uh, Real was six. There were six shorthanded goals, led, of course, by Jared McCann, who I don't think we really saw coming, uh, with three. Yeah, no, it had half of the team's output shorthanded last year. You know, I thought it was okay because year one, they had eight. I I really thought that was going to be a good line, but oh well. Yeah, didn't get the two from Geo. We're missing that, apparently. That was the difference. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. All right, next, so sticking with the penalty kill. Uh, over under 79.5% penalty kill percentage. So it was very bad in the Kraken's inaugural season. The question is, does it get better? I know you picked that number because it was around league average. Can they get yeah. to a league average penalty kill? And you know what? The community was optimistic. Yep. 
70% took the over on that. I was optimistic. I took the over on that. Uh, nope, it was the under. 76.69% on that for the PK. So not as nice as we would have thought. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think went wrong? Uh, I mean, just I think it cemented just don't ever put your trust in Kraken special teams. <laughs> Yep, I think we've learned that lesson now. Um, But hopefully we'll be maybe proven wrong if we take the under on that uh, next season. So next is over under five and a half team shutouts. So this one divided the community. It was 50-50. Seeing this even pie chart here. Uh, I took the over. I I thought, you know, the Kraken's defense would improve. And it did, but... Only three shutouts, all from Martin Jones this season. So they did not go over the five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, and I was thinking back to the 0.5 Martin Jones shutouts one. If I had given you 0.5 Philip Grubauer shutouts, you would have taken the over. I right? would have taken the over. I would have said he's going to pick up one. There will be another game against the Islanders and he'll be able to grab one. Right. So um, the Kraken uh, next season, if they're going to hit the over on this, they'll need two goalies to contribute to, to yeah. some of those shutouts, I would think. Um, but yeah, so maybe there's some room for growth next season. Um, so next we've got over under one and a half Vince Dunn fights. So this one I thought was really interesting. And if you remember the stories of the Dundertaker yep. from year one, we knew it was something he was capable of. Mm-hmm. You set that over under at 1.5. And it's tempting, right? Because there's 82 games. Yeah. All you got to do is get in two fights yep. to hit that over. Uh, and 80% of the community took the over. Yeah. So they thought we were going to see more of the Dundertaker. Only one fight yep. this season for Vince Dunn. And I mean, my answer, I did take the under. I was in the minority there, but I took the under and I said, I went back and looked at the video and I said, he knows he's got a job to do. He's going to focus on point production. He's going to be that offensive defense that he knows he needs to be. And with that is going to come less focus on fights. And thankfully I was right. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw him, he, you know, he, he still had that, that temper throughout last mm-hmm. season, just never found a downs <laughs> partner. <laughs> exactly and and you know there were some players i remember there were a couple games in a row where adam larson hit somebody and yeah another, the player who he hit went right after vince dunn and yeah. dunn went, well no fight lars he's the one who did yeah. it um so makes sense um next one another one that divided the community here 50 50 split on this and this shows how well you set the line dylan over under 12.75 jared mccann shooting percentage <laughs> Now, the line was not close to what actually happened. (laughs) Nowhere close, no. But it shows that we all thought his shooting percentage would be right around that spot. And I remember on the video, I said it would be close, but I took the under. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. Yeah. Very wrong. As Jared McCann's shooting percentage was a whopping 19% last season, I don't think any of us fully saw that coming. No, not at all. (laughs) It was a crazy season from him. Uh, But hopefully his new normal. Yes, I, let's just stay at 19%, have that be the benchmark. I mean, look, we've given up questioning when it's going to come back down oh, to yeah. earth. No, It's not. It might come down a little lower than it is now, but it's it's not going to come down yeah. to earth. So uh, next is over under 60.05. You had to add that little bit there to make sure that uh, it didn't hit exactly. Matty Beneers 
five on five offensive zone starting percentage. So we're looking at the offensive zone starts for Matty Beneers. The question, how sheltered would he be? Yep. And so you pick that 60% number. Uh, the community thought it would be over that. So thought we'd see a lot more sheltering for Matty Beneers. 75% uh, of people said that. I did take the under, which was correct. 56.4% mm -hmm. offensive zone starts. So uh, more impressive deployment for Maddie. It's like the others that we talked about, you know, taking the optimistic side on Maddie Beneers would have worked out for you basically every single time in our over-unders. Yeah, no, I mean, and Haxtell trusted him. Uh, we knew he was a good two-way player. His, his defense was solid. And you know what? Coaching staff believed in it and they were proven right through most of the season. Exactly. So uh, keep that in mind for any future, maybe Maddie Beneers over-unders that we have this year, uh, that he did prove everybody wrong who, who may have taken the under. Uh, next one, and this might be the happiest one that I'm going to read, and it's over-under 57 and a half Jaden Schwartz games played. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm so happy he'd be able on this, Dylan. 75% of the community and me, we all set, took the under. And come on, can you blame us, Dylan? No. Look, it, it's the, <laughs> and there's a reason I said it the way I did. Uh, it's just I used the history and everything available, and that's, you know, what it what it kind of spat out. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy as well that, that that number was way over. It was 71 games played from Jaden Schwartz. Yep. He played 71 games this season, so really happy about that. I think on the video you mentioned 71 was a career high until you found an 80 somewhere way, way yeah. back in his career. Um, but right up there among his career high and basically staying more or less healthy the entire season. So good for Jaden Schwartz. Glad he proved us wrong there. And so this last one, Dylan, was probably the toughest one to verify. Yeah. It was your fun one at the end of the episode. Over under 1.5 Brandon Tanev haircuts. Yeah. So 80% of the community took the under. I took the under. Uh, all There was one. There's only one that I could verify over the course of the season, Dylan. I, and if you have a second one that you'd like to bring up, feel free. But I think he only got his haircut once. I, I think that's probably right. Just, just based on everything. And um, yeah, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting one. I wasn't sure, you know, especially if on the off chance they make the postseason, maybe one would have to come in closer to that time. Um, yeah, I, I just, I thought maybe we'd, we'd see a big trim at some point, but nope, he kept it long, kept it good. And uh, I'm, I'm okay being wrong on that one. Yeah, I, I think so. I, we, we talked about it at the end, too. We said that was the optimistic answer, actually, was to yes, take the under here definitely. on the Brandon Tanev haircuts. So I hit on that. The community hit that. Um, so here we go. That's it for last year's. Yep. Uh, community did pretty well. I think it certainly better than I did, it seemed like, on those answers. So good job, everybody. Um, and we'll have that form out for you. There will be a link in the YouTube description below yep. to fill it out uh, with the question over-unders that we're about to go over right now. Uh, and uh, I'll put that out on all our social media too, the Twitter, the Instagram, there will be a link to it. If you follow us anywhere, we'll put it out on the Discord too. Uh, fill out that form, play along with us, and we'll do this all again in a year's time and, uh, and see how we all did. Definitely. Super excited. All right, RJ, it's time. You should you 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 want you know all of mine because I had to send them to you to build the Google form, but yours are a surprise to me. So I am very curious to to hear what you have. So do you want to start with the first team based over under? Sure, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with the uh, the first team based over under here. And yeah, we had to we had to change the odds a little bit here with how much better you did last year. I need every advantage I can get. 
Uh, so I have had a little bit of time to think about yours. Uh, mine will just be right off the bat here. Um, so let's let's go with one that we had last year to start off. Okay. So it won't catch you completely by surprise. Yeah. And that's the highest single game goal total. So this is the one that the Kraken may have, you know, disproven the most mm -hmm. here. Uh, last season, they they had eight plus goals five times, scored nine once. Yeah. I've got to raise the line from 7.5 to 8.5, Dylan. Make it even tougher here. I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, as as much as I would love to be at another 9-8 game this season, um, I just 9 is really, really high. I don't know that we'll see something like that again. It took, I mean, that took overtime to get to 2, to, if we all remember. So I, I think 8 is definitely possible, you know, even maybe more than once, but I don't know about 9. I'm going to take the under. All right. I think that's probably the safe pick here, but I, I couldn't leave it at 7.5. I just feel so yeah. convinced they're going to get to eight at least once yeah, definitely. next season. I had to make it tougher on you. Definitely. Um, all right. So I, I also carried over some, some that I feel like should just kind of be legacy picks almost where they're, they're here every year. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and start with fights. So last year you took the under, it was the, it was the right call fighting, um, league wide still, you know, sort of on the decline. It's kind of, you know, leveled out a little bit these last couple of years, it looks like, but, um, this year I've updated the line to take into account that the Kraken are a little bit better than before. They don't maybe need to fight as much. They're, they're a little, you know, in closer games. Um, so they had 23 fights last year. So I set this year's line at 22 and a half. Now they had 26 okay. year one, 23 last year, going with 22 and a half this year. All right, that's a tough one. You said it right by the result from last year, 23 mm -hmm. fights last season. I think I'm going to take the over. And my okay. thinking behind this is it just felt like there weren't a ton of fights last. Like there were some on the table, it felt like yeah. almost. You know, Vince Dunn only fighting once. The biggest reason, too, is I think we might have more John Hayden who's healthy and you can bring him into the lineup over the course of the season. He had one fight for the Kraken last year, unfortunately got injured in it, but I think we'll probably see more for, more than one from him next season. I'll take the over here. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We'll see um, if it, when they do have fights, most likely going to be against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, seven <laughs> of the team's fights uh, against the Canucks in their young history. Uh, and just so you know, the 23 that the Kraken had last year tied them for 13th most in the league. So it was a little over average if you're going okay. on that. Good, good information. And I'll stick with my overpick here. So moving on to the next one, and this is another one from last year because I, I just couldn't uh, get rid of it. Jersey number of the leading point score. Yes. I'm going to okay. go with point score, not goal score, because okay. goal score, Dylan, not it's not too easy. It, it, yeah. You're going to go with whatever side Jared McCann is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, what smart money would do. So point score. There's a few different options here, I think, mm -hmm. that you could have potentially. And I'm going to set the line at 18.5. Ooh. So I, I'm still setting it based around Jared McCann, who was the leading point scorer last season. Mm -hmm. But it splits things a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you, you're going to have, what, Matty Beneers under that line. Mm -hmm. Um Everly under Jordan that Everly line. Jordan Everly under that line. Yeah, but but other guys, you know, let's see, Berkey. I think if he could stay healthy, he might be in that conversation. He's de way over that line, yeah. <laughs> the ninety-five number. Hmm, that's that one is tough. I think I've got to go the over though. I'm going okay, over. Okay, that's what I thought you would do. But if I put McCann and Beneers on the same side of that line, I figured it was too easy to pick that. Yeah, so. I agree. 
But yeah, I, I think I got to go the I got to go the over. All right, Dylan going over there on the jersey numbers for the second year in a row, even though this one is has bumped up a little bit. That yeah. That being said, when Brandon Tanev in his number thirteen jersey leads the Kraken in mm-hmm. scoring, uh, I'll I'll still be very very excited and happy. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. I would. Hey, it would be a surprise for sure. Anyone be. who takes the under deserves it for that. Oh, definitely. Um, and heck, maybe he'll have one of these this year, RJ. And that's of course hat tricks. Uh, so the Kraken have, have averaged one each of their first two seasons. They've had exactly one in each of their first two seasons. So I went ahead and I lowered the line this year to one and a half. Will this upcoming season, RJ, be the first year in Kraken history in which they can register two hat tricks? Two or more, I should say. I'll take the over on this. I just I feel like it has to happen, right? You've lowered the line enough. Two... I, they got one in their inaugural season where nothing was going right from yes. a scoring perspective. I know they only got one when everything was going right. Uh, this feels like it should be higher. I haven't checked what other teams get usually as far as team hat tricks over the course of a season. It just feels like they have enough scoring power. They've got to get more than one. I was going to say playoff teams get more than one. And the Kraken are were a playoff team last year. We you know definitely think they're going to be in that conversation this year. So yeah, I, I, I would suggest taking the over but you know it's a deep team you know if Haxall is going to keep only playing everybody like 16 15 16 minutes a night then you know maybe that's a part of it yeah it might be I mean with how the ice time is distributed we'll see what the new fourth line looks like too and if that means more ice time for the other guys that's another reason that gives me optimism is that you know you don't have the same fourth line coming back to spread all the scoring out definitely definitely all right so Next here, and we'll we'll stick with hat tricks of a sort. Gordy Howe hat tricks. <laughs> now this one, it's a similar question, right? Because the Kraken yes. have been consistent. One hat trick year one, one hat trick year two. For Gordy Howe hat tricks, zero in year one, zero in year two. Yep. It's simple. Will it happen? 0.5 is the line. Do we get a Gordy Howe hat trick this season, Dylan? I mean, what, Vince Dunn is Vince Dunn and Yanni Gord are the two guys, right? Those Maybe I, there could always be. I, I don't know. There Brandon Tanner, maybe like Will I, Borgen. Well, yeah, I, it's possible. Um, I I think it's going to stay elusive. I, I'll take the under. Okay, Dylan taking the under on that. Very watch it happen. Game one <laughs> against. I mean, look, it could against Vegas. That would be the time to do it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it sure would. Yeah, and and so who do you think we'll get it though if it does happen? Yanni. Gord. I know we recorded that last year. Yanni Gord. Yeah, I, I, I still got to go with him. Yeah, he's most likely. Definitely. Except definitely. Will Borgen. Will Borgen. Will do it. Yeah, well, it's definitely possible. Um, all right, the last one of my legacy picks returning, and that is shorthanded goals. So uh, in year one, the Kraken had eight. Last year, they had six. The over under line for this year, I am putting at six and a half. RJ. Okay, that's a little tougher there. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to take the under because okay. I, I always take the under on the shorthanded goals. It just it feels like they're so random and difficult to make happen. I know some do pop up every season. Yep. But if you look at the Kraken last season, yes, Jared McCann was able to supply three. Yeah. I don't know that he matches that again this coming season, shorthanded anyway. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like it's a little bit less of a power kill, a little bit less aggressive. They did switch their system mid-season. They did. Uh, and I think that might result in fewer shorthanded goals or at least streakier shorthanded goals. So I'm going to take the under on that. I do think the PK 
will, should, hope it might improve overall, yeah. but I don't think shorthanded goals will be a part of that. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe there's a chance, you, you know, we'll see more Matty Beniers on the penalty kill this season. He's got some young, fresh legs. He'll be hungry to go out and try to do stuff like that. I, I think some of the player turnover could result in some other guys into that spot that uh, might be able to, to net, you know, more than zero that they all got last year. <laughs> yeah, possibly. It's definitely a possibility. So, okay, this one, I am targeting you with this next over under Dylan because from last year's results, it is clear that you are too skilled at this, okay? You're I'm too good at picking the over-unders. So I'm going to try and take skill completely out of it, all right? Okay. Over-under, 100, even, 100.0, PDO. I now, thought is... about this. <laughs> I, you were thinking about I doing totally it? thought about this. Yes. Okay. Okay. Why'd you decide not to? Uh, just because I, I, I felt like it might be too easy. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see your rationale here as I, as I'm guessing which one you'll take, but just for those unfamiliar, by the way, PDO it's shooting percentage plus save percentage. Mm-hmm. So it's often used as a proxy for luck because over a long enough sample size, all that should generally even out to about a hundred um, because you know every shot either goes in or it doesn't. So the overall amount is, is about a hundred. So Kraken had interesting, the second highest PDO in the NHL in the first half of last season. Yeah. So it was 1.026, second highest in the league. In the second half of the season, it was the 18th highest. So they dropped considerably 0.995. So if you take the Kraken's first half, they would hit the over. If you take the second half of the season, they would hit the under. Now, which trend do you think continues, Dylan? You said it's too easy. So uh, you seem pretty convinced. Which way are you going? It's it's easy because I think the goaltending is going to be better. And I don't think we're going to have no goaltenders being above 900 the way that we did last year. And I think that's going to help things out. I know they, they shot above league average last year the kraken as a team they shot 11.6 league average was 10.1 um but i just think that the league the goaltending being as as the save percentage being as low as it was i just can't see that happening again i think the kraken are a better team more complete team in front of their goaltenders i think because of the save percentage i'm taking the over all right, there you go. Taking the over, save percentage driven. We probably both think the shooting percentage is going to regress it should, a little bit yeah. as a team. But uh, you're you're going bullish on the goaltending. Yep, I am. And and uh, that might come up a little bit later on for me too. All right. Well, what do we have next for you? Well, this is might be another reason. Maybe the, the shooting percentage doesn't regress as much as one might think. And that's because I think the power play might actually be halfway decent next year. And so what I have for you, RJ, is team power play percentage for the Kraken at 21%. Okay, which okay. sounds insanely high to all of us in Kraken Nation. Uh, but let me tell you, 21% would still be below league average for last season. Okay, so I'm not like trying to set the bar crazy, crazy high. Um, but I will point out, the Seattle Kraken have never broken 20% for a season. Uh, they came close last year. Um, but, uh, I'm setting it at 21 because I really think the power play is going to figure it out at some point this upcoming season. Okay. I'm interested. What gives you the cause for optimism? This one feels too easy for me, Dylan. I have to take the under. We've talked about it so much. 
I need to see it to believe it. I would love to be proven wrong, but uh, yeah, give me the under on this all day. I, I totally understand that, and I will totally admit that I'm being very aggressively optimistic, setting this at 21%. Uh, like I said, league average last year was 21.31. The Kraken were at 19.75. I just think there was a lot of bad luck, and I also think if we're 20, 25 games into this season and the power play is still kind of as rough as it was last year and there's no player movement, all that stuff. I really think the coaching staff will spend a lot of time addressing it and I think they will uh, change some things around uh, and get it going at some point this season. And so that's that's kind of what I'm going for. All right, interesting. So this next one that I have for you, it is, uh, well, I don't know what to call it exactly. Plus minus differential is what's in my notes. But the difference between the Krakens, uh, the highest plus minus player they have okay. and the lowest plus minus player they have. So I'll give you a little bit of background information because I, I don't expect you to have a full background on that like type of stat here. But so when I checked other teams mm -hmm. and I went and checked a few different teams over a few different seasons, that differential from the highest plus minus to the lowest plus minus player was in the neighborhood of about 35. Okay. Give or take four or five on either side of it, right? Yeah. The Kraken for their inaugural season, I believe it was 35 exactly. Okay. Uh, but for last season, a the difference was that. 45. Yeah. <laughs> 45. So you had Vince Dunn with the highest plus minus on the team at plus 28. Mm -hmm. And with the lowest, you had Jaden Schwartz, way lower than anybody else, at a minus 17. Yeah. So that's a difference of 45. I don't think it'll be that high again. No. I set the line closer to what we've seen normally at 36 and a half. 36 and a half. Okay. I mean, look, this is a five on five team. So you don't see normally the, the crazy high or crazy low um, numbers. And because of that, I'm going to say, I'm going to take the under. All right. Taking the under. Don't There's... think Jaden Schwartz is going to be a minus 17 again. No. And that makes no sense. <laughs> like, how did that even happen? Next, next was Ber was Berkey at minus nine. I mean, maybe if he had stayed healthy and that trend continues, he would have joined Schwartz. But like, how did that even happen? Negative seventeen, minus seventeen on a team that the next lowest was minus nine. Right, and you might expect that from a player who a lot of his production was on the power play, and so it, you right. know, it doesn't it doesn't help you there. But not really. He had six goals, two assists on the power play. I, yeah, I don't really, yeah. I don't really understand it. Makes no sense. I, I, yeah, I'm very surprised. I do think that Vince Dunn and Adam Larson are going to be up there towards the top for the Kraken again, just because they play the most minutes. Yeah, I could see that happening again. <laughs> it is still a counting stat after all. Uh, and then finally, I talked about the power play last time. That's something that uh, a lot of Kraken fans always keep in the forefront of their mind. The Kraken struggles mostly when it comes to the power play. Another thing that the Kraken struggle with is face-offs RJ. So team face-off win percentage, 48.7, RJ, is where I'm setting it, which I believe, oh, no, I closed the tab by accident. Oh, no. Um, but that would have put them around, like, 22nd in the league last year if the Kraken had been able bar. to manage to do it. It's still obviously below 50%. I'm not saying they're going to get there or anything. Um, but this 48.7, I do believe, was a full 1.5 higher than they were this past year. So it would be, oh, again, it's aggressively optimistic. 
<laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you're giving me a chance to be aggressively optimistic here after I took the other side on, on the shorthanded goals and the power play percentage, because I'm going to take the over here. There okay. has been so much focus on this as an issue last season. I think there was a bit of acceptance, and I think rightfully so, that like, okay, there's not a whole lot we can do about it this year. And, and I get that. You don't want to mortgage future assets to bring in a big face-off taker at the deadline. We've been over this. But I do think there's going to be focus on it this year. It starts with the acquisition of Pierre-Edouard Belmar. I think just alone, he can probably get them at least a 22%, 22nd in the league, I mean, uh, in face-offs. And also, Matty Beniers is another year older. Yes, that kind of That's stuff actually does help in the dot. Dave Haxtell's talked about that, having another year of experience there. I think he's going to get more respect, even with and especially with the Calder uh, Trophy that he won too. I think that's the kind of thing that maybe gets you a little bit more respect in the dot. Um, but I'm going to take the over here, also because I, I think they're going to get someone at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think that's going to really boost it. If it's not working, and and yes. if it's below this 48.7 percent, that means it's not working. I think they're going to bring in someone at the deadline and that will bring it up above that number. Yeah. And I, I was wrong. It's actually three and a three and a half points higher. They were 45.3 last year. Okay. So, you know, before you lock it into stone, just know they were that bad and they did lose Morgan geeky who obviously was one of the kind of go-to guys they could rely on, but I'm with you. I think Maddie Beniers is going to step it up there. I, I think that, um, you know, they'll probably be a little bit more aggressive at the deadline this year if they're in the same spot they were in last year with the expectations they now have. So, yeah, that's that's kind of why I was so aggressive and I put it as high as 48.7. Very high for that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm going to be optimistic about that. Hopefully I was gonna say, that issue will get we got to be the only fan base in the league to have a playoff team and for all of us to be like, Boy, would we be ecstatic and over the moon if we had a 21% power play and we're 487 on the face-off dot, which are, again, both below average, but, again, significantly better than what the Kraken were able to do last year. Uh, this is a special team, Dylan. <laughs> let's, really just, let's just appreciate it's that. very special. All, All right. right. So for my next one, I am going to bring in another team here. Uh, and I thought this might be kind of fun. This is thinking creatively. And I, I realize now I did six team and four player ones, just like last year. Sorry. Um, so here's another team. It's a tradition. One. RJ doesn't know yeah, how to count. Tradition. It's a tradition. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll see. There'll be a little math required for this one too. So you maybe stop I'll stop when you get you to the count. pinky, RJ. You go one, two, three, four, five, and then you stop. <laughs> I'll keep that system in mind. <laughs> anyone wants to give me a little reminder chart or something for next year i could use it um okay so this one might be a little complicated but it's 41.5 is the number and okay. it's how many more wins the seattle mariners will have this season than the seattle kraken now of course the mariners will have more wins by virtue of the season being almost twice as long. Yeah. That's a given. Yes. Mariners have 60 wins already. Kraken aren't going to get to 60 wins this season. Now, I'll give you a little bit of information before you go. We have to look up the MLB standings <laughs> and everything. <laughs> the Mariners are currently on an 87-win pace. Okay. If I did the math correctly, so maybe you'll want to double-check that. But they're on an 87-win pace. Uh, they had 90 wins last season. Um, what else? There's some other stat I was going to give you. <laughs> oh yeah, they've been on a heater recently. They've been they've been playing pretty well. Yeah, one five. Despite not doing a whole lot at the deadline, a lot of people are maybe unhappy with that. They've been playing really well, so maybe that pace could improve. 
So if you take that 87 win pace, mm -hmm. you subtract, you know, 41 from it because you'll go on either side of this, right? Yeah. So that's four, six wins for the Kraken. That's the amount that they had last season. So do you, there's a few elements to this. Do you trust the Mariners to do better? I know. Their season and the Kraken to do worse or, or vice versa. What are you thinking here? Take us through your thought process. Uh, I'm thinking probably what everyone's thinking, which is, boy, you're we're having to count on Seattle sports teams to like keep it up and and do as well as they're supposed to do. Uh, and that's a big ask of what and you're asking us to do it for two teams, RJ. Um, all right, let's see here. Well, they're against each other, so that is true. So if I took the oh, oh man. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna. Take... I'm realizing now I should have gone combined wins. Well, combined wins would have been really interesting and fun. Um, it would have given us something all season long to be rooting for too. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take. I the... can change it. Yeah, you could. I'm gonna take the over though, based on okay. what it was originally as described to me. I'm going to take the over. I think you know Mariners maybe fall a couple games short of that. I think the Kraken. You know they're gonna probably have some more OT. L's this upcoming season to help pad the points. They're not going to need all of the, the regulation wins. I think they'll probably have around like 42, 44, maybe something like that. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. You'll take the over. So the Mariners will have more than 41 and a half more wins than the Kraken. Yeah. Want to do combined wins really quick. I just took the 87 win pace. Uh -huh. I took the Kraken's 46 wins from last yeah. year. That gets you to 133, 133 combined win. Let's go 132.5. <laughs> yeah that one but see i i think they're both they both might not keep the same paces so that one for me is easy i'd take the under okay easy under okay yeah. i think the mariners are going to surprise you all right hey I'm, i think i think they're going to sneak in the playoffs that. i would love that <laughs> <laughs> all right so there we go that's my only baseball related one you're you're free of that now okay it's fine um all right so into the player over unders First one, how can you not talk about him? Just won the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year for the NHL. Matty Beneers, RJ. We know now from last season he's not sheltered that much. I think he's going to step up. I talked about him earlier when it comes to the penalty kill, maybe getting more shorthanded goals. What about on the power play, RJ? He had four power play goals last season. I think he's going to be more involved on the power play this year uh, just because he's he's got a year under his belt in the league. He can start focusing on special teams more. So I've put his power play goal total at six and a half. Okay, I think that's a fair spot to put it. And I'm optimistic about this too. I think he will be more involved on the power play. They couldn't really find the right spot for him, it felt like, last yeah. season. I think having extra time to work on that will really benefit him. And I, I think I'm extra convinced from the time I spent just kind of around the team last year where the things you hear, right? If you watch the practices too, even late in the season, even around playoff time, they were still trying to work some things out on the power play, specifically kind of where Maddie was and where Yanni was. And you could see in practice, the two of them kind of trying to communicate, talk that out and sort it out never fully got resolved i think you know if you look at yep. just the results on the power play they didn't find something that clicked super well but i think that's an issue where you have all of training camp you have the preseason that is a lot of time where you can just focus in and work on that and i think 
the fact that they are talking about it too, you could even hear kind of the dialogue between the two of them. Like, well, no, I, I should be here. No, no, I, I want you here, move around, move a few feet that way, that kind of thing. That tells me that it's like a really healthy process. It's just gonna take time. And I think they're gonna finally have time. So I'm gonna take the over on that. I think the pucks are gonna find Matty Beniers. Yep. He'll have over six and a half power play goals. Yeah, last year the Kraken had one player with over six and a half, and that was Jared McCann at seven. I'm with you. He could be effective on the power play in a lot of different places. If you let him cook and roam through the zone, I think he'd find ways of getting open in the slot and scoring goals. He's also a really good backdoor player. If you want to keep him around the net, even playing him behind the net and let him be a distributor, and then he can sneak around for some stuff. Uh, I think there's a lot of options for for them so i definitely again i'm a little optimistic about the power play this year i think maddie veneers would be a part of it next right. one you got rj here we go yes and these are actual player over under right. here so this is good we're on to the player category and five team one baseball and four player <laughs> so the first of the player was is uh riker evans games ooh, played Ooh. and i i really wasn't sure where to set the line here yeah because He's not immediately going to be in the top six, no. I would think. But all it takes is one injury, and he's probably the next guy up, and he could be playing every game. So I went with 21.5 Woo. at a quarter of the season. Interesting. I, okay. I had to factor in just the injuries. Uh, you know, if, if one guy goes down and he takes that spot, you know, it could be a lot of games. Right. Here's my thought process. If one guy goes down, Jacob Magna's taking that spot quite possibly <laughs> so that's why i'm like i think the under i think you're counting you have to count on two defensemen being hurt unless it's maybe justin schultz and they decide okay we want a puck mover we need somebody for the power play I say it depends on the role because evans being something that magna just can't bring it, that is very true um hmm that one is interesting but I, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be pessimistic i'll i'll be the right. downer i'm gonna i'm gonna take the under all right fair enough Fair enough. We'll see. It's one where I feel like it could just add up very quickly, but also just not at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, I'll go ahead and I'll skip a couple down, RJ, to go with mine. That's that's a games played for a player, Mark. Uh, someone in maybe a similar situation. And that's Shane Wright. Okay. Ooh. And I set this at Shane Wright games played nine and a half. Basically, well, how did you ever arrive at that figure? I, I have no idea. It seems so arbitrary, doesn't it? Um, basically, do you think they're burning a year off of Shane Wright's rookie contract? Is he going to basic? Basically, is he making the team or not, RJ? Because that's what this number is at. Uh, he could play the nine games. They could then send him down. You, you keep that one year on his rookie contract. If he plays more than the nine games, you're burning that year. It probably means they're keeping him for the full season. So this this really becomes an over under. Do you think Shane Wright? is makes the team <laughs> right so interesting to think about this because here's my thought process right so we don't know whether he's going to be eligible to play in the ahl or correct not. so that's the big unknown here yes with this. and of course if we had that answer it'd make it much easier to choose an over under here yes so let's look at the scenario where he is not eligible to play in the ahl mm -hmm. ron francis can't convince the chl and the nhl to make an agreement here and so for him it's either kraken or juniors yep I just don't see how they send him back to the OHL. There's He's no got nothing way. to gain there. No there's, way. there's no way he can benefit. I think they keep him on the roster. And if that's the case, you simply have to play him yes. more than nine and a half games. He has to get that ice time. So in that scenario, it's easy, easy over. 
But I do have some faith that Ron Francis might be able to get a common sense solution done. I've said that in the past. Yes, you have. And if that's the case, it'll be a little bit dicier, right? Because he's going to probably spend a lot of time in Coachella Valley. But you know what? I'm going to take the over there even so, even if he does go to Coachella Valley, because I think what will happen is he'll start the season in Coachella Valley. And at a certain point, it will become apparent that he is just too good to play in the AHL. He's going to build that confidence. He's going to force the team to call him up. I don't think they'll be as healthy as they were last year. Mm-hmm. I think some injury, something is going to happen where a roster spot will open up. Maybe not even. Maybe Shane Wright will just be so good that they'll have to give him a chance. I think he's going to beat that number of nine and a half. I think they are going to burn a year. I think that's what will be best for him in either case. Give me the over. Yeah, and especially, you know, Belmar's really the only competition he's got for that fourth line center spot uh, with the Kraken. And Belmar's old, right? There's no way around that. Uh, he's been around for a while. He's a veteran player, we'll say. Uh, and um, I, I think that there's chances. I've talked about it already. I think there's chances they're going to want to work in Shane Wright anyway. Not, you know, Belmar, you bring him in for the leadership in the room just as much as you bring him in for all the on-ice stuff. So um, I, I think there's a good chance Shane Wright makes the team out of camp just straight up, regardless of what the situation becomes. And uh, so, yeah, I would I would probably lean the over there. But, yeah, I thought that was a, that was a nice, you know, nice way of doing very it for an over-under. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And very important one that a lot of people are going to be wondering. So I'm going to go from one rookie to another. Okay. And uh, I'll go with Ty Cartier goals. All right. This season. So I'm going to put it at 14 and a half. Oh, good. That's right. Good okay. One. I finally set a line. Good. Right. I'm making you think here. Yeah. Hmm. So um, I'm trying to pull up how many he had in the playoffs last year. I think it was three, right? Yes, it was three, yeah. three goals in 10 games. Right. So you just kind of multiply that by eight if you were to play a full season, right? And you're around that 15 mark. Yeah. Or no, eight times no, three is sorry, 24. That. Yeah. 24. Sorry. I, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, um, you mu- yeah, you multiply that by eight and you're at 24. Yeah. So... That's, but you know, in the playoffs, he was playing on the first line a lot. He was yes. being given that big role. Can't count on that to start no. the season. What uh, do we do? Yeah, it was fourteen and a half. You said fourteen and a half. Hmm. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> See, here's the thing. It's tough because I think he, there's a good chance he starts the season on the fourth line, and he's in more of like a checking, throwing his body around, all that kind of role. Um, but I also think because of what he was able to do in the postseason last year, the moment there's an injury, you know, up top, he's the guy filling, you know, that spot. I don't know. I'm going to take the under just because they brought in so many people, RJ. They had it mm-hmm. so many people already. We're trying to, you know, I built out a lineup that basically is like if Shane Wright's playing, Ellie Tolvanen might be out of the lineup, right? There's just so many, especially wingers on this team. I don't know that he'll see a full allotment of games. I think it's possible Ty Cartier only sees like 50 or 60 games, most of which on the fourth line where his job isn't going to be to score. I'm going to take the under, but I I could easily see it being the over. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one to gauge. It's going to be tough just for him to get in the lineup at all, but we saw what he can do. So hopefully he hits that over. Uh, But I, I understand you taking the under. Yeah, it's just so many people. Um, So many wingers. All right. Vince Dunn, RJ. Now we, we, we're through the contract stuff. That's all been settled. Everybody's happy. We're all good. 
Uh, one of the things you and I have talked about, though, a lot with him after last season ended was the idea of will he regress at all? Right. He had a he had a fantastic season last year, especially when it comes to point production. So I was trying to factor in how much do we think that might fall off a little bit? You know, the contract year stuff he had a little bit last year. So I have Vince Dunn points, RJ. He had 64 last year. I set this line at 57 and a half. I thought about making mm. it 56 and a half. I, I gave him an extra one there. 57 and a half. Okay. I think that's a good number. It really does make me think here because I, I look, I do anticipate some regression there. It's tough because you look at where his production came last season. It was so even strength weighted, right? Yeah. There's technically a lot of room to grow on the power play. Certainly <laughs> yes, he can be that true power play one quarterback. So it, there's room for growth, but you would expect some regression, even strength. I just, I still have my doubts as far as the power play production for him. I know you share that, those doubts as well. I think now you have an added element where potentially Riker Evans could be a threat yeah. uh, to, to some of that power play time as a power play quarterback. If there are those couple injuries, if Evans gets in the lineup, you might want to try him there. And, and maybe Vince Dunn is, is the casualty of that. You have Justin Schultz on the other unit. But the number one thing is I just think the even strength points are going to regress. The number that most uh, convinces me of that is his team high 13.3% on ice shooting percentage last season. So that's the highest on the team and a team that shot pretty high in, yeah. in all situations. Um, you know, 13.3, that just seems very high to me. I feel like that number is going to come down just because these numbers tend to regress to the mean. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see something lower there from Vince Dunn. And just at even strength, I think there's going to be enough regression. Give me the under. All right. Now, would you have still said that if it was 56 and a half? I would have thought about it harder. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Mm. All right. So next one I have for you here uh, is games that Vince Dunn and Adam Larson are not a D pair whoa at five on five i assume at five yeah i'm going like the line rushes you look yeah. at the line rushes yep. and that's like the deep pairs tonight they'll be moved around they might be you know mm -hmm. but maybe there's a you know a Riker evans Lar you want to give him larson you know to, to kind of yeah. ease him in or maybe there's an injury to either one of those guys we certainly yeah. take larson for granted because he's played every game in the mm -hmm. team's history but you know all it takes is one injury to either of those guys yep so i'll let you know last season the number of games here was one one yes because it was dunn when vince missed... dunn was resting yeah he was chilling with me here. in arizona yeah exactly yeah when he was up in the uh, quote-unquote press box it wasn't really a press box yeah. behind the velvet rope with you in arizona so you remember that one game very well yeah we but were... that was the only one yeah yeah i was gonna say we so... were having a competition who could take more selfies with people <laughs> exactly we i i won't mention who won or didn't win or anything like that but um <laughs> so i'm gonna set the number here i'm gonna set the line at four and a half mm. 82 game season four and a half yeah games. you gotta factor in injuries you gotta factor in just lineup decisions yeah i don't what think i don't think there would be any lineup decision that if both of them are healthy is going to change that pairing so I'm just going to get that one out of the way. That being said, I got to think if there's an injury that's going to take either one of these guys out of the lineup, it'll be semi-serious. And I think they could miss more than you know four and a half games. So I'm going to take the over. Obviously, I don't want it to happen. And I would love for it to be wrong. Maybe I'm hedging our bets by taking the over here. And it means it'll be the under and everybody's healthy and great. Um, but I, I 
yeah, they were, they've been remarkably healthy. I, I don't know. I'm going to take the over, but I don't want to. Okay, I do think that is the safe pick, certainly. I mean, hey, just hope that it might be the over because they're just so far into a playoff spot. They're going to rest guys. And, yeah. You know, that'll be that. Yeah, if that happens, I mean, they proved they're, they want to, they'll they'll rest at least Vince Dunn last year. They proved that. I don't know that they'll ever take Larson out if he's healthy just because the Iron Man streak basically for the Kraken here. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that there's a chance for that. I was actually surprised Vince Dunn didn't sit more down the stretch there a little bit. Yeah, same. I mean, after after the big season he had, but I uh, want to keep the guys fresh. So what do you have for me next? All right. So the next one I have is for goaltending. I've already said I think the goaltending is going to be a little bit better this season, save percentage wise. So let's talk about Philip Grubauer and his save percentage. OK, I think it's time, RJ, that the Kraken have <laughs> a, 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 an above average save percentage. Uh, and I think Philip Grubauer might be the guy to do it. So Philip Grubauer save percentage, RJ, I have it at nine oh four five. OK, now, Dylan, I, I think you made this one too easy on me here. Personally, I, we disagree. We're going to uh-huh. disagree about the goaltending here. Uh-huh. And this is not a comment on Philip uh-huh. Grubauer's goaltending necessarily. Uh-huh. I cannot. I cannot take the over here, Dylan. I've got to go. You could have put it at 900. I would have taken the under here. And and look, I, I this is not a criticism of Philip Grubauer. We've seen how this system works, Dylan. We've seen it with all different goaltenders. We've seen it with guys who, you know, have played great for stretches. I mean, you know, you look at Martin Jones as well as he played for stretches last season, mm-hmm. 886 save percentage. Yep. Philip Grubauer, who really bounced back last year, 895. You know, Joey Decord in the five games got to a 900. We just haven't seen it happen no matter who's in net. And Look, I think we can both agree that Philip Grubauer played very, very well in the playoffs. Yes, he did. Last year, through those 14 games. I mean, he was on his game. Yep. 903. Yep. That doesn't clear that doesn't clear where you're putting the line. So I I have to go under on this. I mean, you you just said it way too high. Uh, you know how many times in Philip Grubauer's regular season career he would have been below this prior to joining the Kraken RJ? Never, right? Never, yes, never. <laughs> and 905 is ten, generally thought, like, that's around league average, or at least it was around the mid-season point last year. Yep, I was uh, thinking that, too. So I was basically just being, can Philip Grubauer get to league average save percentage? And and you just you just don't think so. But yet I'm the one Not who on hates team. goaltenders. <laughs> there, there's this... <laughs> that look you're giving me. I... I am taking the blame out of his hands. I'm saying that no goalie can, you know, put whoever in there with this system. Yeah, no goalie we've seen so far. I think it's the system. I think it's the team. Uh, I think you can play well and still have a safe percentage below league average on this team. That's just kind of how it works. I don't see that changing. Hope he proves me wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, give me the under on that. And it's not Grubauer's fault. All right. All right. All right. So time for my last... Yeah. <laughs> don't at me um <laughs> so time for my last player-based one uh-huh. and it is a repeat from last year i gotta do oh, it okay cole and goalie kisses yep because the hope is still alive dylan yep i am going with 2.5 oh. i've lowered the line significantly <laughs> yes. two and a half over under two and a half a big one. goalie kisses and in Seattle with the Kraken, not in Coachella Valley, because there were lots of those in Coachella Valley last season. Yes. But 
do we see three colon goalie kisses? And it's games, by the way. It's games where they win and Cole Lind is in the lineup. Mm-hmm. It's, it's If it's one win and he kisses the helmet three times, I'm, actually, I feel like I should give you credit for that if it is. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, you know what the deal is. Over or under, Dylan? I have to take the under again. I, just like I oh. talked about earlier, there's too many wingers, right? Like both Hackstall and Ron Francis absolutely are in love with Ty Cartier. Where is he supposed to play, right? Ron Francis also had to go out and he signed a bunch of wingers. I I don't I just don't see where Cole Lind can can find a steady spot in the lineup um where he can be the guy over a Hayden to be called up over maybe a Shane Wright if he's with the Firebirds to be called up. Uh right, he's got to beat out some stiff competition just to be the call up and then once he's there he's got to be in enough games and those games have to be wins. It just feels like a lot RJ. I got to go the under. Again, I don't want All to. Right. I, I made you end like it on a bummer a just like guy. last year. Because you <laughs> took the under last year, even though you were very right. All right. Sorry I had to end it that way. Well, here's the good news. I have the last one here, so I can try to turn things around. I was trying to think of a fun one. Again, the haircut with Brandon Tanev, that was a good one. Hard to verify without just straight up asking him maybe at exit interviews. <laughs> How many haircuts did you have this year? <laughs> and can I you forgot to do it? that this and year. Can you in my notes from the start of the year, but <laughs> uh, so this year I have one that's going to be a little bit more trackable for us. So I was trying to think of something fun. Try to try to find a way to bring in one of your favorite Seattle Kraken, RJ, and that's of course Will Borgen, be one also fan favorite of many people out there in the community. So I was trying to think what would be a good one for for Will Borgen. And at first I thought the amount of times we hear Will Borgen speak, which would be pretty low and you could probably set something around four and a half then i thought let's make it good times we get will borgen for post game availability and i have set this at one and a half because i think there'll be at least one game where maybe he score he maybe he gets the gordial hat trick he's going to talk to him you know there's got to be one game where will borgen does something that gets him into the post game availability but can he do it two times and or would he be willing to do it two times all right. Now, Dylan, I have to inform you. I'm sorry, but I have to inform you that you messed up here. I did? You, you, no, no, like, don't worry. You messed up as in you're going to lose this one. Oh, so okay. it, you set the, I guess you could have set the line at some point where it would have been difficult. But here's the thing. Because you set the line here at like a reasonable number, which is what you do. Yeah. And that is what you do. You have ensured that you're going to lose here and that I'm going to get this right. Because you're going to okay? ask for him. Every right. game so, so that you get to two. Oh, I, exactly. I should have given you control, something you have control over. Exactly. If I take the over, I can make sure it hits. Media can request players for post-game media oh. availability. And for me to request Borgen twice over the entire season, nobody's going to bat an eye at that, Dylan. No, they So wouldn't. I can make sure this hits. So I'm going to take the over. I mean, hey, you almost messed up further because you had times that we hear him speak. <laughs> at four and let me tell you like again when the lights and the cameras aren't all on him he speaks quite a bit he's great he's got an awesome right. personality but, but, he loves chirping with the guys but the, in the fans room. aren't hearing that right you okay, hear that in the enough. locker room but i'm not hearing that right like nobody else okay. is hearing that so that doesn't count i meant like publicly okay well anyway i'm gonna take the over i'm gonna make sure that it hits so have fun with that one maybe i can get a little bit closer to your eight out of ten result there <laughs> But everybody listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast, take the over. <laughs> well, there you go. 
And you know what? It's something that the, I feel like the people would want, so I'm not going to go and message like Kate and Darren and everybody else, Jeff Baker. I'll go I'll go reach out to everybody and tell them, <laughs> don't, like, hey, ever Morgan? Like, no, Morgan. No, don't ever no. request Will Morgan. Don't ever request Will Morgan. Don't let him get Will Morgan. No. Uh, I think this would be something that the people would want and they'd be on board with. So, yes, there you go. And we'll see if, if there's one contrarian out there who doesn't think you can do it, RJ, on the Google form. <laughs> That'll be so fun to check the Google form and <laughs> see who takes the under here. 99% took the over one person. Uh, it might be the other way around since you, you're basically telling him to take the under. <laughs> I'm not telling him to take the under. I'm just, I, you know, you said to take the over. You're the one in control of this one. Uh, I just think that would be funny. Um, but there you have it, everybody. There are over-unders for the upcoming 2023-2024 Seattle Kraken season year three. Um, I'm just now realizing we didn't put any for, like, the Winter Classic. Maybe we'll have to do one for the Winter Classic. When I thought closer. about that, but I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't sure what it would be. Yeah, I don't know. We got to see how the season starts playing out a little bit first, I think. Maybe we'll do one uh, closer to the Winter Classic. But there you have it, everybody. Uh, again, links to the Google form so you can play along uh, in the description of this if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, it can be found on all our social links in the Discord, of course. Um, so there we have it, and that's going to conclude our first episode of Wait too early for the month of august rj on our deep dive episode 99 oh my god you and i are literally having a meeting tomorrow we got to figure out if we're doing something for episode 100 why did it have to fall in the month of august because <laughs> no. we, we had originally <laughs> talked about like oh we'll make that like a big blowout with all these other media personalities it's like no, it's August. That's not going to happen. Everyone's on so vacation. We got to figure this out. Uh, but uh, there we go. That's going to conclude this episode of The Deep Dive, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Check out Queen Anne Beer Hall, especially. Get your tickets if you're interested in that all-you-can-eat crab on August 20th. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Hey, everyone. Before we go, we just wanted to give a quick shout-out to all of our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash emeraldcityhockey, especially our Terror of the Deep patrons. Absurdly Sane, Alex, Andrew, Anonymous, Ben, Brad, Burnt Creme, Kaylin, Chris, Cody, Connor, Coop, Daryl, Denise, DJ Singletone, Duthin, Eli, Elizabeth, Evan, Habak, Gaby, Gary, Gregory, Harry Legionary, Jay, Jane, Jeremy, Jessica, Joni, Joseph, Josh, Joshua, Katie, Keegan, Kepler, Kitty B. Kraken, Leanne, Light, Lonnie, Mark, Maya, Michael, Michelle, Noah, Nori, Nunya, Paige, Paul, Rayanne, Rebecca, Ryan, Sarah, Scott, C.A. Kraken, Sean B., Sean O., Sergey, Shannon, Shoeshine, Skeletal Tendency, Steve, Steven, Striatic, Hasty Kobold, Team YMIAT, Tank Commander Ty, Wendy, Strife, and Zane. Thank you so much for making all this possible. We really appreciate your support.